everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. And uh, today we're talking about sound like a professional. Sounds like a good goal, right? So I want to give you a key to sounding more professional in your playing, no matter what level you're at. And as always, this video is for all instruments. And now this may seem like a pretty big goal, sound like a professional, right? We all want to do that. Um, and it may seem like way too broad a topic. We're going to get very specific. As you know, if you watch any of these videos with these Digging Deeper videos, that's what it's about, digging deeper, getting very specific. So we are indeed going to focus. So um, this is a major thing. It's going to sound very obvious, but it's a major thing that a lot of players don't get right or actually ignore. And this is something that pros constantly do, yet it's so obvious we kind of don't pay attention to it. So it's going to be pretty slim. Uh, as always, these videos are sponsored by Gonzalez Reads. I've played Gonzalez Reads for years now. They're awesome and uh, I love them. Uh, also, please subscribe to these videos. We have 50 or more videos up already and we're getting a really fabulous response to this stuff. So I'm pleased that people are liking them and uh, check them out. Pretty much every week we have a new video come out. So I'd love for you to see it next time. Um, and people are asking me, why am I doing these videos? Why am I not charging for these videos? That kind of thing. And uh, I'm really doing them for folks like you out there who find this information important. If you're a college student, you may not need this information. Maybe it's an adjunct to what you're learning. Fantastic. But this is for adult students. And that's many of you out there who love this music, fanatical about this music as much as a pro like me is. But you're doing it on the side and you're looking for good information, maybe even a little bit of wisdom. Harder to get. Information easier to get. And that was a piano solo for you. Um, so, I have classical musicians who are trying to learn to play jazz a little bit better. People coming from other styles. Um, so, I hope that this information is finding a good spot for you and that's the tip of the iceberg. I want to create a bigger community of all of us that want to play this music. Providing information is fine, that's easy enough to do. That's the tip of the iceberg. So, uh, one of the things I want to tell you about, if you live in the Washington DC area, which is where I live. Uh, for adult students, folks playing on the side, people making their living in other avenues other than music, jazz band masterclasses, what I've been doing for 15 years here in the DC area, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of adult musicians have come through and played and studied with us. So what I'm doing now is training other jazz professionals around the country to do this. So we have a guy in New York City, Jazz Lab NY. We have a guy in Bethesda, Maryland, Jazz Lab Bethesda. I'm working right now with somebody in Philadelphia and somebody in Sarasota, Florida. And uh, this fall, the fall of 2017, they are going to have their businesses opening. I'm talking to people in Toronto. I'm talking to people in Portland, Oregon. So this is exciting. And if you live in those spots, there's going to be something amazing for you soon. If you live somewhere else that I didn't mention, send me an email. Let me know if this is of interest to you. Let me know if there's a pro in town who would be great at doing this work. There are so many folks out there that want this opportunity to learn and play. That's why I'm doing these videos. So I hope that uh, makes some good sense to you. And I tell you what, um, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me an email at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com. And lots of times I have a handout or a PDF I can send you with these videos. Today I don't, but I tell you what, a lot, a lot of people have been asking me about the theme music, the music that plays at the beginning and end of these videos. And it's actually off one of my albums, my band, The Jazz Update. And it's a song I wrote called Mr. No Bones. So send me an email. I'm happy to send you that uh, MP3. 
Okay, so let's dig into this idea of how we can sound more professional or what is it that makes somebody not sound professional. There are a list of 10,000 things that that could be. Well, over the years. Now, I've auditioned people to be in the Allstate High School Band. I've been that guy. I've taught at universities. I've auditioned at universities. Who gets to come in? Who doesn't get to come in? I've taught for 30 years. You know, I'm, the idea is uh, I'm super fantastic. No, that's not the idea. Um, the idea... <laughs> All right. I mean, someone's got to say it, right? No. The reason I listed all that stuff is wide range of experience. Different ages, different ability levels. I've seen a million things. Here's something that stands out to me all the time. Inconsistent volume. That simple. Your volume is jacked up. That sounds unprofessional. So think about it. I was at a restaurant last night and there were some kids sitting at the other table. And they would get really loud all of a sudden. They would talk inappropriately loud. And then I noticed they'd be whispering and the adults at the table couldn't even hear what they were saying. Uh, not professional. Those kids were totally not professional human beings. I mean, I used to be a kid, full disclosure. I have a kid, but they're not quite like really human yet. They're like humans in training, right? And so the idea is they haven't figured that out. They talk inappropriately loud. They talk inappropriately soft and it's jarring. You don't know what they're saying. You get it, right? Now somebody, the adults at the table, they can get excited and they can really punch a word, right? They can get a little louder, but it's appropriately louder. They can whisper or they can be dramatic, but they know to whisper at a level that people can hear, right? And when there's an adult who doesn't quite have that down, we call that poor social skills or something else. Right? So that's what I'm talking about. You are very attuned to this when you're talking to someone who talks too loud all the time, someone who talks too soft. That's what I'm talking about, right? And so after you've wandered the earth for 30, 40, 60, 70 years, you get a sense of the appropriate volume to speak at. These tools are a huge drag. I don't know if you've noticed that. I love the saxophone, but it's a total drag and it like ruins my life half the time. It's so dang hard to get that volume just right. So that's what I'm talking about. Now there's two, actually two elements to this. I'm talking most specifically today about your volume on your instrument from low to high, playing all these, you know, on the piano. For many of us, when we start playing, the thumb gets played louder because that's the stronger digit. The little finger gets played softer because that's the weaker digit. Guess what? Nobody cares about your strengths and weaknesses in your hand. They want to hear an even scale. Or this song needs to have this accent here. It doesn't matter what finger you're playing it with. You have to figure that out. It's hard to do. So I hope this is turning on a light bulb. This is the gist of the video right here. Playing with a consistent volume inside your instrument. Now here's another thing. Uh, doing that in a band setting, having the volume balance between the instruments be a big deal. Most of the coaching I do these days in jazz band masterclass is in a group setting. So I'm very, very sensitive to that. Is the bass too loud? Is the bass too soft? That sounds unprofessional. Whichever it is, it doesn't sound right. Now, I've been to, you know, I paid money for big shows, been to, you know, rock shows, jazz shows, whatever. Sure, the sound can be bad. The sound guy messed it up. The acoustics are bad. I'm talking about in an acoustic setting, can we hear everything just right? 
Guess what? Your favorite albums, yep, they nailed it. Guess what? When you go to hear an acoustic quartet, they are nailing that. That makes it sound professional, independent of the notes that the people are playing, right? You've also been to shows that you spend a lot of money on, name brand players playing fantastic stuff, but you couldn't get into the music because whether it was the sound guy or the band for some reason, it was out of balance. It's huge, right? So when I'm auditioning the Allstate saxophone recordings that come into me, um, I, I don't even have to think about it. It just strikes me like, wow, th it's not consistent. That's not what a pro sounds like. So in the back of my mind, that person's just not gonna make the cut unless they play some astounding solo that makes me get over the fact they don't really know how to play their instrument, right? So that's what I'm talking about. And now I'll go as far as to say for drummers who are listening. For those of you that aren't drummers, listen to this, it's important. We all need to know this stuff. On the drums, if you're playing a rock gig, which elements of the drum set are in front, volume-wise? The drummer has nine or ten instruments, cymbals, hi-hat, snare drum, all that stuff. Which are the sounds that we listen for in rock and roll? Which of those instruments? Here's the answer. Bass drum and snare drum. That is the sound of rock and roll, right? It's not about the cymbals or the hi-hat or the tom-toms, typically, okay? How about in a jazz band? What are the uh, instruments that we're listening for? It's not at all bass drum and snare drum. It's the hi-hat and the ride cymbal, right? So that is where a rock drummer playing a jazz gig gets it all wrong. All you hear is bass drum and snare drum. It doesn't sound right. It sounds unprofessional. And this could be a world-class rock drummer. It goes the other way. I've, <laughs> I've played some gigs, rock gigs, with like the best jazz drummer in town. And it's a drag because it doesn't have the bass and the snare that needs to be there, right? It's very, very hard to pull off. And I guarantee those musicians probably knew what needed to happen, but it's so hard to pull it off. So what do we do with this information? The main thing today is if you just understand, and here's the thing, listen for it. I want you to go out the next live music you hear. Listen for that. Listen to the individual as they are singing, as they are playing, and see if there's that balance inside what they are doing. Are some notes uncomfortably loud, inappropriately loud, bizarrely soft? I couldn't hear what they just played there. Uh, that takes you out of the music. That's not professional. A professional draws you in. That is pushing you away. That's, your response is like, ugh. Huh, that's weird. I wish those kids would leave that table. They're not drawing you in, right? So that's the main thing I want uh, you to get. Now, how would we practice this? Well, first thing, I'd say the first 60% of it is just be aware of it. And do that by testing your ears every time you go out and listen. Or just listen to a well-recorded album. You can hear everything. There may be 30 tracks. There may be 130 tracks. And you can hear everything in its place. That's professional. It's a big deal. Okay, so now how do we achieve this on our instruments? Well, the trick is every instrument's a little bit different. That drummer needs to develop incredible control in all four limbs. So depending the gig they're on, they can bring this out, they can bring that out, right? That's control. It's also not being on autopilot, right? For the piano player, we work on our technique so that the thumb isn't louder just because it happens to be stronger. We learn to modulate our thumb, we learn to develop the little finger, all that. On the saxophone, so now here's a bad idea right here. I'm, I'm uh, gonna go on the internet and try to sound bad. That's, that's not great, 
Uh, not good thinking, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, okay, on the saxophone, the low notes are hard to get out. So you hear... You hear the loud, the low notes are too loud. They're just, that's one of the pain in the butt parts about the saxophone. Or, for less experienced players, as they go up high, it'll probably poop out as we get nervous about the high notes and as we run out of air. That did not sound professional. It affected my tone. It affected my, uh, oh, what's the right word? My confidence, right? It communicates all those emotional things. That even volume is one of the things that lets us hear confidence. When you hear your favorite players or singers, that's what's going on. Okay, now here's one of the funky contradictory things. If you've watched uh, one of my previous videos on articulation, jazz articulation, you've learned that part of where we get swing from and feel is by um, accenting different notes. I'm overdoing it. So, of all those notes I played in that song, there were real loud notes. There were notes that were ghosted or very, very soft in there, right? So, not even. So, there's a contradiction. I'm telling you to play very even. Then I'm telling you, you have to not play evenly. Right. Both bits of information are correct. This gets back to where I started. Now, we need some wisdom as to how to apply that. That's harder to do like this. That's why you have a teacher. That's why you join Jazz Band Masterclass. That's why you find a pro in your city to start doing this kind of teaching, to start applying the information. Applied information is wisdom, right? So um, there is a contradiction there, but just like in my speaking, I hope I sound like something of a normal human being here. I've punched some words, like I just did with the word punch, and I also kind of swallow some of the things I say. I said swallow. That last syllable of swallow was almost inaudible, but I hope you could hear the word I was saying, right? So as a professional orator, I've figured out how to do that stuff. So that's what we do with these instruments. It's hard. So what's the assignment? You want an assignment? Here's an assignment. Um, play songs with fewer notes to begin with. It is so hard when we're wiggling our fingers to have the constant volume because our technique starts blowing things up. So play songs with fewer notes. Those are called ballads some of the times. Fewer notes, slower notes, right? Play some ballads and think about your presentation volume-wise, okay? And can you just play, the word I keep coming back to is declamatory. Can you play in that sort of way? So if I play Duke Ellington's Sentimental Mood. <laughs> I decrescendoed that last note a little bit, but those notes were pretty even, and I really was thinking about that. I was not on autopilot. There was a simple scale going up in the middle of my instrument, nothing too hard about it. If I did that an octave higher, way at the top of the tenor sax, it would have been that much harder. So play things like that. <laughs> So I played the first couple notes of body and soul. Actually, for me, the top note I went up to, boo da boo da boo ba ba. Now I'm singing on the internet. The top note 
uh, my reed's a little soft, and that note jumped out more than I wanted. That wasn't my artistic decision. That was this damn tool screwing with me, right? The saxophone. So, I always have to really be thinking about this. Now, at, at, you know, after I've been playing for 40 years like I have, it's a little bit subconscious. I, I'm attuned to it. But more than you may imagine, this is something I think about. So, do that little study of your own. The next however many live music things. Or just conversations, people at a restaurant. Be aware of what a big deal it is that someone's volume relative to themselves is somewhat consistent, right? And that also gives a personal sound. Some people will do it a little bit differently, but there's still parameters that make us feel comfortable or that kind of put us off. Well, that happens with music. So again, this is so like simple, obvious, you wouldn't think this is a thing. I'm here to tell you with all the experience and all the auditioning of students I've done, the zillion concerts I've heard, this is huge. It's really, really big. So I hope you pay attention to it. Um, send me an email, diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com, and I'd love to send you that MP3 if you're interested. It's, uh, it's a great album, actually. The album's called Brotherhood, and very proud of the band that I played with for years and years, and it's, it's a fun tune, so I hope you'll dig it. Uh, please subscribe to these videos, and uh, you know, click the button, you know how to do it. There's much more coming, and I'd love to keep sharing some good information with you. And of course, uh, let other people know about these videos. And uh, like I said, much more to come, so uh, by the way, I mentioned it before, if, you, if there's a pro in your area that you think would be good to help expand this kind of thing and get other adult students like you a place to play, a place to learn, Please mention this to them, send me their name, whatever it is. I'd love to get in contact and start spreading this idea. If you are a pro, this is a pretty cool way to move ahead and to build your business and to do something really different that the marketplace just doesn't have. There just isn't much of this going on and I'd love to have you doing this work. Okay, thank you so much. Appreciate you tuning in. Take care.